0: Having a sense of purpose, like really understanding, like what are we trying to achieve? Being able to make people connect together, connect to the planet. Well, I can't do that in our, in my four walls of a clinic. It's got to be outside. It needs to be a destination, a venue, something that will bring people together and be a real draw. This is what I should be doing is is making these waves. And I just blew my mind. I like, so I could actually create this space, place for people to surf inland. That is bonkers, actually. If you sow the seeds right at the beginning of doing
1: right by people and planet whilst growing, you're not going to go wrong. Welcome to Sports and Outdoor Mentors. In this episode, I chat with Nick Hounsfield, the founder and chief vision officer for The Wave. We filmed this episode in a tent, so apologies for the background noise. The Wave is an amazing inland surfing destination that's been born from passion for technology, nature and human health. I chat with Nick about life before the Wave, about his motivations for starting such an amazing project and his struggles and much, much more. But before we get into the episode, I have one favour to ask. Please hit the subscribe or follow button. This helps us to continue to elevate the content and bring you more insights from other amazing leaders from the sports and outdoor world. Thanks very much for your support, and I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did filming it. Thanks again, and see you soon. Nick, looking back over your career and life today, I mean, what are the defining parts of that life that? mean that you're sitting here today i mean and i don't mean interviewing with me but uh with what you're doing today yeah i guess kind of
0: rolling rolling back um back over the years i would say from family um mainly my parents and particularly my dad uh were was a huge part of you know part of making making me who i am i was the only the only son with two sisters Uh, and hugely close connection to my dad. uh, And we did everything together, which was amazing. Um, But he absolutely loved water, water sports, like surfing, uh, swimming, um, uh, sailing, fishing, whatever it is. He just, that was was his go-to place. And I always joined with him. Um, So that was a big part of um, my life since day one. and my dad was in healthcare as well. And that's where I went into. So he was an osteopath and I trained to be an osteopath as well, because we actually had like really similar values in terms of we wanted to help people and, you know, make people feel better. And, um, got similar sense of humor where we're kind of trying to make people laugh and, you know, just constantly try to, um, make people, um, happy, I guess. Um, and so there was always this sort of Constant synergy between looking after people, trying to make sure they're they're okay, and caring for them, but also this connection to outdoor outdoor space, particularly water, um, and so you know that's why I'm here today. Is like this combination that that led me to the point whereby I wanted to combine my passions absolutely intimately to go well instead of me doing healthcare because I went into healthcare. Instead of me doing healthcare and then at the weekends try to get to the beach and the rest of it, how could I, how could I fuse those two together? So you can look after people, look after the planet and have a fantastic time, just like real exhilarating time. Um, So that's the sort of real culmination of, I guess, me and my personality and where I've come from to how we've created this amazing place called The Wave Um, and and, and what is The Wave. Um, And... And I guess the real trigger point was, um, when my dad died, actually, uh, when I literally made a, made a promise to him on his deathbed, like, I will, I want to do something that is really impactful for the greatest number of people and made a kind of crazy promise to him that I'd do something at scale. Um, and, um, and yeah, that's where we are today, sat here. Um, and this is, I guess the, you know, the output from, from that dream.
1: Wow. That's amazing. That must be- Is it somehow when you're here mixed emotions? Because I I guess maybe it it brings you back to your dad. And obviously, you know, that promise was, I'm sure, a a difficult time. Mm. So, yeah, is it somehow emotional? And do you think a a lot about your dad when you're here?
0: No, I don't. Except I would, because because that happened, you know, um, dad passed away and he never even knew that anything like this would ever happen. So um I just know that he'd be proud of it and he would absolutely love he probably would be hanging out here the whole time probably would try and get a job somewhere um uh delivering it um but I just know that he'd be proud of it uh, and and it's something that's yeah that, that in the background you know in in quieter moments I could just like okay yeah he would absolutely love this but actually this is this is more than just uh legacy to him that's actually something that 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 I feel we need like society needs st- places like this where you can have cool conversations with great people and bring sort of sections of community that have probably been quite siloed and actually bring them together. And how can we do that in a fun, exciting, positive way um, and take some of the fear that's out there around the future and actually go, well, let's let's actually let's bring some hope together. Um, and particularly today, we've got the Blue Earth Summit going on today, which is about bringing hearts and minds together and try to find out like solutions real practical solutions about some cl- climate crisis and what we're doing with the oceans and and that connectedness um it, it's like it's, this is the perfect place for us to be delivering it
1: yeah where where did your dad's passion for water come from them? because did you were you, you weren't living near the water back in those days or were you uh
0: no but my um so my parents uh, my grandparents so they lived down by the coast down down in the south coast um and yeah so they spent loads and loads of time there um and historically a lot of our family have been either from south wales or down in cornwall area so um so that connection to being in that sort of coastal community or coastal environment or close to it
1: um has always been there yeah yeah okay interesting and so you were um, an osteopath for for how long? For... About eighteen years. So that so obviously that's a, a big chunk of your life and a big chunk of your professional life. Yeah. What was the the catalyst for making you decide? Okay, right. I'm, I want to do something different and, and not just like a little different. Yeah. You know, pretty dramatically different on many levels.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, again, the sort of, there was the moment with you know when my dad died, but I, it was more than that. Then after that. Just knowing that something had to change, something had to shift. There's a real um, realization that you know, and my dad had been um, you know working like crazy for you know 45, 50 years, uh, and it was all about like getting to retirement. So he like put loads into everybody else, uh, and he was just about on the cusp of um, retiring and being able to do something for himself, the stuff that he wanted to do with with my mum. Uh, and then, and then, you know, obviously, um, sadly died. And that was a real realization about oh, you can, you can do so much for everybody else. And you just get this short window of, of, of your lifespan to, to have fun yourself. I was like, that just doesn't feel right. So I like actually how I couldn't imagine me, I could, well, what was scary is I couldn't, I could imagine myself doing exactly the same thing. And obviously, in so many ways, we we were very similar. So it's like actually, I need to change that narrative. I, I actually need to have fun doing what I'm doing and doing goodbye people, doing goodbye planet, and and equally having fun along the way. Um, you know, pulling together the real passions of of, of my life and going almost to a point where it doesn't feel like work anymore. It's actually just a continuation of myself. It's like expressing my my views and 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 my hopes for the future through my work is is what i'm about really um and and trying to hold on to those principles going forwards
1: why a man-made inland wave because i mean you said you love water and yeah there hundreds millions probably of things you could have done yeah and this doesn't seem like the easiest i'm guessing
0: yeah it's probably the hardest thing yes. to have to have to have chosen to do something that's never been done before and you know unproven technology having to raise 30 million pounds and you know off vapor like we it was just an amazing idea and dream and just trying to then pull together sort of various tendrils to to make it a a vision that's that can be delivered and be invested is it was a real challenge but i guess ultimately it goes back to like having a, a true sense of a sense of purpose like really understanding like what what are we trying to achieve it's like well this is about making people happy making people healthy being able to make people connect together and also connect to the planet and around so it was about I was like well I can't do that in our in my four walls of a clinic it needs to be out there it's got to be outside it's got to be it feels like it needs to be a destination a venue something that will bring people together and be a real draw I did take quite a lot of um uh ideas from the Eden project so I spoke to Tim Smith um who's the founder of the Eden project um right at the beginning because I just really was interested about creating a sort of bonkers space and a place in this sort of old quarry down in in um in Cornwall and building this this amazing dome structure and and this whole education sort of visitor destination. And, and it was like incredibly successful. I was like, well, it's that kind of thing. It was like almost wanting to do an Eden project in, in Bristol. But for me, it just was lacking water. It didn't, didn't have that connection to water that I would love to see. So um, So I was thinking, well, I need to kind of maybe make a lake or try and find some river frontage that there's some kind of connection. Uh, and then I was just on YouTube one day and, um, uh, because I've been surfing for like 46 years now, so I consume quite a lot of, um, sort of, uh, surfing media and just suddenly happened upon it one day, this brand new, um, video, um, that was released that day of like a perfect lake. And then suddenly these, these waves just rose out of it. Um, and and I was like, oh, that's amazing. I immediately I was like, this is this is this is what I should be doing, is is making these waves. And then the last final clip was somebody surfing the wave, and that just blew my mind. I was like, so I could actually create this space, place for people to surf inland. That is bonkers like that. That and and that was absolute eureka moment. That was the moment where I go, like, right, embed that into this beautiful space and get that connectivity to, you know open open space and green and create blue health this this amazing blue space where people can you know get healthy and happy again and then that just created that that was the north star that I just went right i will not stop until i do it so wow
1: yeah that's amazing and uh and it it's good that you decided to not stop because it was quite a long journey i guess from that point to actually the probably the first day that somebody rode a wave here so yeah. can you maybe share a little bit obviously it's a very long story but yeah. maybe the highlights and the, and the lowlights of of that journey
0: yeah i mean it's um yeah it, it it did take a long time um just over 10 years um so i guess i guess the, the main things that was about um First of all, starting to collate that very almost um, the vision and what the space and the place could look like, could feel like the kind of people that will come there, start to pull together how that would look on a on a more practical basis as well as just just a vision, so to speak, Um, and start to put some color around what what the what that could look like as a business, what it could look like in terms of pulling together communities. and then I think the, the smart thing that we did right at the beginning was literally paint the picture. Like, this is roughly what it'll look like. And before telling anybody where it might be, we just sort of threw out there um, through um, um, through amazing PR um, team that we're working with. Say, let's just throw out the vision and let, before anybody can say, oh, not in this place, not in that place. Do people want it? Is this something that people would want? So we did that and and the response was overwhelming. They're like, oh my God, I was like, oh, if you do that in Bristol, it'll just be perfect. Um, and so we're like, okay, so there's real appetite for this. Now we need to start going finding the land. And we had sort of two or three failed land attempts until we found this, this amazing space. And then we had to then convince... The council that i mean this is greenfield space so you should not be building in these kind of spaces or you know very very restricted in what you do so we had to then convince the council um you know speak to the sort of main people in the corridors of power there and and go right this is why it's going to be a really great idea really good for you guys um and the, get that buy-in uh and then had to build a team so uh, two or three people came on board at that stage to sort of help me because i was so i, I knew nothing about anything like this so it was about bringing in some wise heads um into those discussions uh, and the plans um and then was the massive task of raising the funds for it so we had to sort of raise 30 million pounds so uh an amazing guy craig came on board who's a much more sort of business. Um, um, business acumen than than I have. Um, we started to put together that plan to to raise the money. It took two or three years to be able to raise the money. We did probably over 200 Dragon's Den kind of pitches. Everybody said it was a really, really good idea, um, but they weren't going to back number one. They'll they'll come in and back number two because um, we always had plans to do do more than just one. Um, so yes, yeah, so we've got this amazing black bit, book of people who, won't quite take the risk, but we did end up um, uh, meeting an amazing guy and, and his his um, uh, his team that that made this place uh, happen. So yeah, um, yeah, but that that whole process was yeah ten years until we managed to get it built, uh, and then um, and then we pushed the first waves properly in October 2019, um, and the first person wasn't a person who rode the wave; it was actually a swan. Um so we were commissioning the waves and uh you'd be able to find it online but um the, we were commissioning the waves and the waves were rolling before anybody was going to uh get in into the water and suddenly two swans uh landed in the lake whilst the waves were going going up and down and yeah one of them just was like going up and down the waves just almost like it was trying to pick the perfect wave and then suddenly turns the corner and rides straight into a barrel just rides the wave all along the, the length of, of of the ride wow. and we're just like oh my god like and how did that happen that on captain on film. film yeah yeah it was amazing um so yeah so the first the first uh, that's why that that particular wave is called swany's left because uh, the first person or first first animal was uh, was a swan um so yeah so it's, it was an amazing journey and obviously straight away went into pandemic and that was Suddenly had to close down right the, at the start, um, which definitely created some issues, um, both as a company and um, personal health issues. I had a big stroke around that time. Um, and, but we're, all, we're still here and we're thriving. And yeah, um, yeah, particularly a day like today with the summit that we've got today is just yeah, incredible going, OK, we're, yeah, we're still breathing and there's still a lot of hope there.
1: What kept you going through those? It sounds like very difficult, some very difficult days. Obviously, from a from a personal health point of view, but also the the challenges of getting the approval and getting the funding. I mean, what? Yeah, what? What kept you going?
0: Blind optimism is naivety. Um, constant. The number of people I always said are six more weeks. Like it's it's going to happen in six more weeks. For some reason, six six weeks. I, I, number of times I said oh, I'm aiming to do get something done in six weeks it's like far away enough that uh it's not immediate but not too far away that um and that yeah the number of people I said oh you know we'll we'll do that I reckon it'll take about six weeks to do but it's, it's blind naivety I, I, I thought that you would be able to get planning permission on something like this in six weeks I had no idea it was actually about 18 months just because I just didn't know the system um um but yeah learnt along the way but i think in many ways that sort of naivety with that optimism it's what what you have to do as a founder without a doubt to, um because yeah otherwise you will never well either you will never do what you ever wanted to set out to do which is probably what happens to 95 percent, if not 99 of 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 society or secondly you just make yourself super ill because you're you're so stressed because because everything feels impossible. So I think you do have to have that sort of absolute optimism. You've got to have a very, very clear vision and, and an idea of what the output would be if you managed to succeed. Like if we manage to do that, this will change people's lives. So why would we not persevere with it? Why would you not back it? Why would you not invest in it? It's like, do not be the person that says no to these kind of things. Be, be the yes person.
1: And if you, if you had to do it all again today, mm-hmm. what would you do differently?
0: Well, we are doing it all over again today um, by, by um, projects that we're looking um, elsewhere and one particularly in London that we're, we're pushing ahead with. What I would be doing is exactly what I'm doing now is, is, is having people around me who just know so much better. Um, who you know, Before, I didn't have any money. I didn't have a team around me who knew what they were doing as well. Um, whereas this time we're surrounded by a group of people who've seen this, you know, we now, we now are not selling vapor. We're not selling a nice CGI image. You can come here and see the smiles on people's faces. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, a huge head start for, for the next one. Um, but what I would be doing differently is from a personal point of view, um, is probably more around looking after myself in that journey. Because I think that's the bit that I probably didn't. Um, it's freaking lonely being a founder of something, um, and um,
1: and yeah, I, I would be looking after myself better. So, and and how would you do that? What's because um, yeah. it sounds like you're gonna you you know it's okay. It's not the same situation, but yeah. I'm sure it's going to be. Some days are going to be as challenging as it was before. Yeah. So, what's your what's your plan to? just play to my strengths really like what i'm
0: really good at is bringing make, making relationships bringing people together having the emotional intelligence to be able to read a room to be able to um excite people and 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 uh, allow them to um those great connections and relationships to happen without a doubt that's sort of one of my superpowers i i, I guess sort of looking after um, a sort of culture like the brand, trying to make sure that the way that we wanted to develop this business is, is held on to. Uh, and whilst lots of people would like to sort of imprint their mark on this as a business, it's making sure we're really train, staying true to our values. Um, uh, and for me, it's also not sweating the detail. So if I am not a detail person. Um, you know, I, I love much bigger, broader visionary stuff and strategy stuff. Um, uh, and I had to do a whole load, like way too much of the detailed stuff. Um, because it was just me before, whereas now I've got amazing people ne- around me who love the detail. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that's, it. it's just about playing to your strengths. Um, next time around.
1: Yeah. So it feels like then the people you have around you are obviously key to, yeah. to being able to do what you're doing. But when you started out, you said, "You know, it was just you." And then you you added, a, I think, two or three people. You said, "But I'm assuming, based on your previous experience as an osteopath, you'd never been hiring people." No. So, how did you know that you were hiring those right people, and and what did you learn through that process of bringing people on board? Um, that's a
0: really that's a really great question. I guess. I guess. W- the, the skills that I had as an osteopath is where you're treating somebody for 40 minutes and that you've got, a, you're meeting somebody for the absolute first time. You're suddenly sat in front like like I am to you and you're trying to encourage them to tell them everything. Like obviously, it starts with the physical, like I've got a sore shoulder or back, what have you. But very quickly, you need to start getting under the skin of actually who they are as humans and what's their what's their what's their driver for wanting to get better but also how they got ill because a lot of that a lot of those illnesses are because there's a lack of connection either to their body to their mind to people to they're not exercising enough all those kinds of things very very quickly you've kind of got to do a bit of detective work to work out like how where's the interface that i can talk to you as another human retain that sort of professional demeanor but also need to kind of Get quite deep in to understand the motivations of somebody wanting to get better, um, and actually that's just the same in business. It's about um, you know I you know, most of my team will know I'm I'm normally I'm a bit of an introvert and I normally just sit at the back of the room and just observe um, and looking at body language and like what the the, the words that people say and it can very very quickly. Sniff out some something that doesn't quite make sense. Um, uh, so I think that that's you know that that's that's the thing that I've probably brought from my old life into the new life. Um, and then and yeah, I can still make mistakes. So you know, w- without a doubt, um, you know, I've I've worked with people and you know uh, other people that we've we've you know we've had um, business relationships with that hasn't you know I got it wrong. Um, and that's fine as long as you learn, just, just next time, just hire carefully. And, um, and it's all about trust, you know, particularly in business. It's like trying to work out that, those, those trust barriers. Uh, I, I try what it, wherever possible to be as trustworthy person as I possibly can be, be really open. Um, but there's a bit of me where I, I, I ask for that back from that person, is that, 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 that two-way trusting relationship. Uh, and i 'm probably the first person who very quickly was like oh, i you know if that if that trust is broken it 's really hard for any, anyway for me to get that back so you know it's, it's trust in 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 business and trust in trying to deliver something like this is paramount
1: yeah i'm sure and when you when you were making those decisions around those early hires and and I guess it 's the same today, are you focused on um, or what are you more focused on is it the skills that you're looking for because you, you you clearly have been able to identify okay this is my strength, and mm-hmm. I need somebody to help me on you know B, C and D yeah. but how do you weigh that search for those skills up with finding people with the right mindset and, and authenticity to kind of connect with actually your vision which I, I, I guess especially at early days is really important
0: yeah i mean ultimately it's mainly anybody who just really want to give it a go i mean particularly in those early early stages like being surrounded by four or five people um uh and and they're going like let's let's just give it a go you know i'm gonna put some time i'm gonna put some money i'm gonna whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to this to make it happen um and um, so I think that can do attitude is, is, is imperative is just like just wanting to crack on and, 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 get something done. I think a lot of skills can be just developed. So, you know, I, you know, personally, I've had to go and do lots of development stuff to just try and understand actually what, where, where are, where are my ma- major strengths and where, where are the bits where I really shouldn't be sweating the detail on. And then the bits where there's gaps go like, right, we need to go and find somebody who is, you know, who can deliver, a um, Put together a business model for instance to go right right who, who's that person that would do that there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that could put together a business model but we want somebody who also is really bought into the vision of why we want to why we want to do that um, and I think the the core thing for us um, right at the beginning, so I was working with this amazing guy called Chris Hines who set up Surfers Against Sewage and was head of sustainability at the Eden Project. And actually the first thing we did was almost like set out a way in which we would be working and, and the sort of the vision of how we would be as a business. So making sure that... All of our decisions as a business is looking at the triple bottom line. So making sure that we're balancing um, people, profit and planet together. Um, And once you've got a once you've got a clear um, lens by which your main decisions are, uh, 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 are being made, you we can then all help. Hold ourselves to account for the decisions that we make so if somebody is doing something that is yeah could be the most amazing environmental initiative but actually it's going to cost us an arm and a leg and because it because it's costing an arm and leg we need to make two people redundant that's, that's a rubbish decision so it's like um and and equally if somebody is going to you know do make a business decision which is going to cost us the earth literally cost us the earth that's a bad decision. So then, once we've got that framework set out, really, really early stage, then we've got something to have a conversation about. It's like, well, have we definitely gone through that triple bottom line lens? Like, have we have we properly thought about this through that business lens? Um, and then, and then we can keep ourselves accountable um, through that. So I think having a clear vision, having somebody who's got that can do yes attitude, and having a very very clear benchmark about how we should be as a as a business. Uh, hopefully is setting ourselves up for for you know, being a future facing business
1: yeah just in case doing all of that wasn't enough for you you're also chairman for gb surfing
0: um surfing england yeah surfing
1: yeah, england, yeah chair england, of surfing england yeah sorry yep. so i'm sure on a normal uh day that already brings itself a lot of responsibility and work and also now if i understand well surfing will now be part of the Olympics as well going. Yeah, surfing, surfing's in the
0: Olympics was in the last one, um, and hopefully, para surfing is going to be in the in in the Olympics very very soon as well. So yeah, it's it's like it's properly stepping up a level.
1: So how do you how do you find that that balance between everything that you're doing here, chairman of Surfing England, mm-hmm. and everyday life, let's say yeah. personal life outside? How do you find that balance and is there anything that you say to yourself especially as as you were very open about you know you've suffered some you know fairly major medical situations that you know are also you know that balance is right for you Mm -hmm. i i I don't get it right i don't get it right
0: that's probably why i had a stroke um you know totally fine in every any other aspect of my life apart from probably Around that time, I was under a huge amount of stress. I was probably doing too much. Uh, there were some trust issues that were breaking down as well. Um, so, real bombardment of stuff coming at me. Um, and um, and my my stroke consultant, the, the the neurologist, said sometimes it's just they have no idea why. They have no idea why. But sometimes it just happens in younger people who just. Are under too much stress. Um, so that's you know, a huge amount of reflection and perspective from doing something like that. It's like I want to, I wanna still be alive to see see my kids um, uh, into adulthood and all the rest of it. So there's a real realization, but I, I still haven't got it right. I would say probably, probably three or four weeks ago, I had like another like really, really bad time, like properly bad time. It's just too overwhelmed um uh, and you know, almost felt like i was having a breakdown it's like oh I've, i'm back in this place again It's like, what am i doing so yeah thankfully then recognizing it a little bit earlier to go okay just need like breathe step back it's like right i need to get back in control of what i can get in control can get back in control um with and and actually just then you know made a few decisions life decisions that would shed some of that responsibility and say and just being really open to, to people and say, actually, last week was really bad, and, and I'm I'm worried I'm going that way again." Can kind of change the way I work now to be able to make sure that I'm looking after myself. Um, so the reality is, I don't, I still don't get it right. Uh, thankfully, I'm recognising the the early signs a bit better. Um, but but it's, I, I would imagine it's going to be constant cycle because i want to get involved in anything anything that's good i want to get involved in and be part of it and and try and add value to it but i just realize i need to realize that i need to have a limit of my own internal resource um but i haven't got it right um so <laughs> uh, but it's recognizing the signs slowly recognizing the signs as to where you where you're starting to y- your edges are starting to get a bit frayed be very very careful
1: yeah, absolutely, and I, I I would imagine that being here and probably hopefully being able to use you know your own facilities yep. can help really help that as well.
0: Yeah, it's making sure that I'm getting time to do that as well. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm going to be surfing in a couple of hours' time, which would be great uh, with some amazing humans. But um, yeah, that I mean the whole the whole irony of creating something that should be allowing people to decompress and and relax and you know. Fulfill themselves with everything, like nourish themselves with something that is really positive. Uh, sometimes I don't make time for that myself, um, and I've got no excuse not to. I, you know, I can pretty much go surfing whenever I want to, but equally, I'll probably do it once a month at the moment. And going, oh, I, really? I, yeah, and and when I'm when everything's like really, really right, when I'm properly in the flow of work and everything. My best my best times I am is because I'm actually surfing regularly. I'm making sure I've got time to jump in the water or join in the staff surfs or something like that. And that balance is right. But weirdly, when I'm getting more and more bogged down into the detail, I forget about the fact that I'm walking past this beautiful, man-made, perfect waves every single day, sweating the detail and all the rest of it, um, and don't actually almost lift up my eyes and see the horizon around me and go, Oh, actually I, I should be getting water today. I've got no reason not to. So yeah. And that's something that yeah, I need to constantly remind myself of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean I, I, I'm I'm the same. I'm terrible. It's only until something bad happens that it forces me to yeah. Oh yeah, you know, I need to spend thirty minutes on my bike every morning before I go to work. Yeah. And yeah. it's and actually I realized maybe a year ago that for me anyway it's the mental benefit of that is actually far greater than the physical yeah, for me. Um, yeah. 100%. Which yeah, I I mean it sounds stupid saying it now, but mm. at the time that was a massive realization. Mm. You know, I was I think initially I was really doing it much more from a physical perspective and mm. to lose weight, you know, the, the mm. usual reasons we do. But then I realized that for me anyway, in doing it I'm mentally stronger and able to then handle everything else so much better and make better decisions yeah. um, but it's not easy i uh, yeah i I can absolutely empathize <laughs> unfortunately yeah unfortunately and um and in your role then with surfing england what, what what does that consist of and is that something that you you do have to invest a lot of a lot of time in well i'm pretty
0: lucky that a i've got um really good board members around me uh who who can be as proactive as they can be we're all there on voluntary basis so you know we don't have a huge amount of time to be able to give but we we do what we can do and particularly at the po- poignant times and luckily, we have got. Although it's a small team, we've got an amazing CEO Ben Powers, um, uh, and and a whole team around him are just right. Proper, they're real workhorses, but equally they're there for the right reason, and therefore you know their their passion for um, for surfing and 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 how we can how there's a whole movement. They're right at the beginning of something really incredible. Um, that that just feeds that enthusiasm. Um, so we're actually really lucky because it's quite a small team. It definitely delivers um, over and above what it should be delivering uh, in terms of amazing events and looking after the membership and all the rest of it. Uh, and it's definitely going places. But I think it's it's more that that organisation is small but really really tight and well run. That actually the amount that we need to input in it can remain relatively strategic. Um, we try and support wherever we can do. Um, but um, you know they're right on the cusp uh, the cusp of of great opportunity for growth but obviously with growth can come the various challenges of suddenly going you know if they're soon to be funded like a really decent amount of money just be very careful to not suddenly grow too quickly because yeah everybody in business knows like the challenges on trying to scale anything up or grow a business is like it's much better to just do it sort of yeah steadily rather than trying to do moonshot straight away and 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 yeah burn yourselves out. But you know we got that's that's the beauty of having decent board members where you can give that sort of sage advice. It's like yeah you might potentially in the next year or so get some amazing funding, which wouldn't mean that you could do almost anything. But actually just like stay tight. So it's like let's just grow it steadily and make sure it's it's sustainable as a business as well um so um yeah so that is about actually just an amazing organization with an amazing core team executive team doing it and the rest of us are just sort of there and putting in the various balances and checks in place yeah
1: okay and on your on your journey Mm -hmm. that that 10-year journey with the wave here Mm -hmm. did you have any support of any mentors or coaches or somebody that was kind of helping you along that journey.
0: Yeah, I did. Um so without a doubt this guy Chris Hines was has always been there since the start. Um and and he's great. He's um he's a very very dear friend. Uh he is he is he would say himself that he's the person that will 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 prod the bits that you don't want prodding. So he will absolutely um hold you to account on on stuff. So, you know, if you've made a promise to do something, he will, he will badger you until you, you've done that, um, and, and, which is right. Like holding people to account both for their actions or, or their lack of action in certain areas. Um, and that's great. That's really good. And, and, and he doesn't mind being that sort of at times needing to bring that abrasion to sort of go, right, why is this not been done or, or you know, why have you not done this yet? So that's brilliant, and 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 you know, and we and fundamentally, we love each other, and we have so much fun together. Uh, and obviously, he surfs, which helps. Um, and then I would say that there was probably a, a gap of about five years where I probably, well, I definitely needed uh, peer support, mentor groups. Uh, I did try and find them, and they just weren't quite right for me. Um, and then more recently, just over the last six six months uh, i found somebody who's just been incredible um who's he's sort of uh, amazing guy called um david hyatt and he and he's pulled together sort of four or five founders um just i uh, found him well I've, I've known about him for years but he pulled together this group partly through linkedin and partly some of his friends go actually it's a group of sort of five of us who then properly once a month just spitball what's going on in people's lives and then if there's a bit of an emergency well relative sort of an emergency like i had three weeks ago something like right let's let's check in every single week until you feel like you're out of the woods again and that was just amazing because i just again having a support of people from very different backgrounds but there's common themes in all business uh, particularly for founders but then that holding to account is like Right, Nick, what are you going to be doing this week to make sure that you're making a difference so, you, so that we don't see you feeling like this next week? I'm going to do this, this, this and this. And then I get to Wednesday, it's like, oh, God, I haven't done any of those things yet. Right, right. I need to bite the bullet. I need to bite the bullet. And then like that Wednesday was like, I am going to do all those things because I don't want to look like a Muppet in front of my friends saying, or my mentor was saying I've not done it. Um, and that's great. That's what you need to have is just people holding to you, yourself to account, but in a, in a, in a supportive manner rather than sort of a challenging manner. Um, so yeah, I, I and that's the, you know, my main probably takeaway at the moment is about just find those peer support groups. So if, you know if you're a founder, find other founders, because there is a real loneliness as, as being a founder without a doubt, um. Um, but if but if, if you're not a founder and you're somebody who's working in a particular is like find other people within your industry but also outside the industry um, who can also just help you evolve and 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 think about things differently and come up with different solutions um, so that you're not you're not on some kind of treadmill of doing the same thing as you've always done um, yeah needs that sort of check and challenge really
1: this is a really good reality check for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be very useful, I can tell. Um, something I wanted to pick up on, on, something you said earlier on, you talked about that the three, I don't remember how you worded it, but you talked about the people, um, planets, and profits. Yep. Is that something that, that I mean, it, this is going to sound a really weird question because it's, it seems very obvious that a balance there is important but I've never really heard anybody kind of articulate it quite like that. And so clearly, was that something that you was just very evident from you from the start or it's something that you've developed over time? So I think, I think that that kind of came out in our, in the way that we
0: ran a business uh, as being an osteopath. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know distinctly what 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 it was um i didn't realize that there was a framework by which our practice was being really successful Um, but like reflecting back on it's like well that that's that's why we were really successful and and my wife still runs that practice and it's why it still continues to be really successful Um, is because fundamentally about just caring (laughs) that's all it is is just like you need to make sure that the balance sheet is balanced and 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 that you can survive but the reason why we want to survive is that we want to pay people good wages uh and and that's the right thing to do it's just about doing the right thing and 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 that and in business there's those are the three areas that you need to be doing the right thing by it's like um you know as long as you're looking after profits then you can succeed as a business and reinvest in it and um and if you're looking after the planet that's the right thing to be doing as a business to do no harm or minimal harm by the by the um planet and look after your people look after your customers look after your internal people um it's just the freaking right thing to do so it's it's not it's not rocket science as you say but equally it's just a framework by which you can just go Those balance and checks in there um and it's it's a it's a the triple bottom line is what they they call it that was a that was a yeah and that was that was a a phrase coined by an amazing guy called john elkington um and weirdly i met john for the first time this year and weirdly i came i took him to come and see the wave uh yesterday for the first time um which blew his mind I, i was my mind was blown just by being able to spend some time with him. but Particularly, was going, "Oh my god, this is just an incredible space." I said, "Yeah, but this is this is um, a reflection of your your the way that you've chosen to look at business and look at the world." Um, I'm really inspired by you, and this is this is the this is your inspiration. This is yeah, I've done it in a different way. You probably didn't think. A, putting a surf park in the middle of countryside and all the rest of it but this is a reflection of your personality and your this is a stamp of approval for from for for what you what you've achieved in business and and the the framework that you've developed across hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses now so um so it's a cool moment yesterday just suddenly going um pulling that all together
1: yeah amazing what's your favorite bit of sports or outdoor gear? I can probably imagine what it is, but, but let's see whether I'm right. <laughs> favorite bits of outdoor gear? Yeah, just whatever it is, equipment, clothing, whatever. What? What's the, like, your go-to bit if you're gonna surf or do any other activities? Um, footwear is really big for me,
0: okay. really big. Uh, I've always loved footwear. Um, ever since I was young, I, you know, Absolutely idolized night trainers when I was like a teenager, yeah. like loads of people do again now. Um, and nowadays, so re- I really was interested in the sort of connection of um, humans and the earth and how, how that interface. Many times isn't quite right, so started to find out about more like barefoot running and barefoot shoes and that kind of stuff, and stumbled across amazing company Vivo Barefoot, who I um, pretty much solely wear—no uh, pun intended. Um, uh, but I, it is—I think it's really important that that interface. You know, that's what we're spending ninety-nine point nine of our time yeah. in, in contact with—is—is—is is, is our footbeds on. On the ground, and like that interface has been, you know, um, revered for so many, so many centuries about what it is. But that that form and function, and 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 being able to make sure that actually what you put on your feet has to be in harmony with the planet as well. Um, uh, I'm really, really interested around that, um, and they, they're just doing some pretty cool stuff um, um, called the biome, which is like looking at 3D printing footwear. Um, in a really sustainable way. Um, so actually you have, you have sort of um, sort of custom-built footbeds that are not gonna do any harm to the planet. like anything like that, that real sort of biomimicry is just important. And the, the stuff I really love now, I think in any, any apparel, particularly sport apparel, is where that biomimicry is coming through, where you're going like, like how can we look at nature to create or cure problems in design. Um, I, I love anything like that.
1: Yeah. Okay, great. That's a, that's a really good answer. Really good answer. So is there a book that you would recommend to anybody that wants to work in the sports or outdoor industry to maybe inspire them or guide them or educate them?
0: Yeah, 100%. My, my favourite is um, uh, Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Chouinard, who's the founder of um, Patagonia. Uh, just uh, it was the first book that I read when I was devising this sort of vision of the wave. Um, ironically, Chris Hines, who I've already spoken to, um, when I met him at a train station, he said, oh, I've got this book that you need to read. And I said, oh, I've got a book that you need to read. And both of us just pulled out the same book. <laughs> and we did we did swap them. It's like, yeah, this is a great book. But it just, again, that principle of like looking after people, looking after planet whilst making a business that needs to thrive and grow is really inspiring and, and obviously he started like very humble beginning and it's grown this into something that is not just, uh, an amazing company with an amazing brand, but also, um, you know, a real activist brand as well. Um, I just love what, what they've done, what he's done. Uh, and it's really great to read that book just cause it just shows from humble beginnings just can do so much impact. So anybody in that sort of particularly in that sports outdoor industry, Being able to see that actually, if you sow the seeds right at the beginning of doing right by people and planet whilst growing, you're not going to go wrong. You really can't go wrong. And it's normally when you get some kind of skew the wrong way in one of those three that it starts going wrong. So as long as you've just always got that balance and some checks through that lens, then then you're always going to make the right decision because they're the decisions made through good judgment and probably good gut instinct
1: that's that's what you need to be good in business amazing well my last question was going to be what bits of advice would you give to future leaders but i think you've just nailed it yeah with that <laughs> so i think that's we leave it there and yep. nick i i really appreciate your time i Pleasure. think what you've achieved here is amazing i was lucky enough to visit yesterday with your ceo and mm-hmm. she gave me a tour and yeah it's amazing and i'm going to be looking forward to come back with my son who's a massive surf fan yeah
0: definitely. i would
1: be more underwater i have to say <laughs> but so probably not the right place to come for that but uh but yeah i would love to come back and I'm sure, if you don't mind me saying, I'm sure that your dad would be incredibly proud of, of what yeah, you've thanks. done. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. So, so, yeah, thank you very much, and it's been great chatting with you. That's been great. Thank you. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. We love to read your feedback, so please leave your thoughts in the comments below. Thanks again for your support. See you soon, and don't forget to subscribe.